Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. All right, let's do this. Let's take a deep dive in the world of Maximize Your Influence. This is Podcast 446. Kurt Mortensen here. We're going to have some fun today to talk about those dark psychological mind tricks. The Jedi mind tricks, or we could even say, what causes that deadlock? Let's talk about deception. Let's talk about those dirty deeds as we've talked about before. Not so that you can use them, but they still teach them. You need to be prepared for them. Now, some are dirtier than others, but I want you to be aware of these and how to use them. So I want you to be aware of these because people still use them. They're still being taught. Getting dark, a little dirty. Some are dirtier than others. Just be aware when they happen to you. Because if you're not prepared for a dirty deed, a dark trick, some forms of deception, it can throw you off your game. So welcome to Maximize Your Influence. Glad to have you here. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. Check out MaximizeYourInfluence.com, home of the free book, Advanced Influence. That's a new edition. Pick up a little shipping and handling, the free persuasion IQ assessment, and everything you need to know to take your influence, persuasion, negotiation, millionaire psychology, or mindset to the next level. So hopefully everything's going well for you. This has been negotiation week for me, doing webinars, seminars on negotiation. Because it's been said, when you need to persuade somebody, it's too late to learn. And that's the thing about these skills, especially negotiation, you have to play the game. You're like, well, I don't want to play the game. Well, you do. Some cultures, especially North Americans, they're terrible at negotiation. How much is it? $100. Okay. <laughs> that's insulting to a lot of people because that's the starting point of the negotiation, not the final price. You have to play the game. If you're buying a house... and Let's say it's a win-win, it's perfect, it's worth, what, $300. you will say, I'll take it. You're going to get a phone call an hour later, they're backing out, wait a minute, too easy, something I don't know, what's going on? We were supposed to negotiate and they didn't. So regardless, whether you like the game, you have to play the game. If they're coming to play the game, you have to play the game. And it's important. Should you go first? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. How do you prepare your numbers? How do you stay away from the insult zone? How do you get away from those negative emotions that can suck the life out of a negotiation process. I love the Chinese proverb that says, the person that strikes first admits their ideas have given out. Meaning they came with one thought, one idea, one solution, and the other side didn't accept it. Then the next thing is to, not physically, well, hopefully not physically, but emotionally jab, anger, yelling, because that's the tools that a lot of people have. So let's have some fun with this. Let's see if we can get through it today. Let's start off with our persuasion this time. Ninja. I love this. I was walking through university. I was getting ready to do a presentation. Big old poster. And on the top it says, number one regret of college graduates. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. It wasn't the best thing they did, the thing they loved the most. It was their biggest regret. I believe it was a travel poster, travel abroad or study abroad, that type of thing. Learning in other countries, learning another language always gives people an advantage. But I just want to point out that word regret. You know, was it their favorite thing? Because regret's more powerful than the best thing I did. It's that law of scarcity. You know, that urgency, that psychological reactance. 
to where, depending on the study, two to one, three to one, meaning the thought of missing out that scarcity, not getting to the sale, last you left in your size, the car's not going to be here tomorrow, there's other people coming to look at it, that freaks us out two to three times more than the thought of gaining. So the emotion of losing out on $100, losing $100, has a greater impact than gaining $100. Again, depending on the study, two to three times more. That's a powerful thing to know as a persuader, influence, negotiator. That's why we always have to have a deadline. So that's where the regret comes in. You might miss out. You're going to regret it. And we have things in our life that regret. And that has a bigger emotional impact than things that we've done. So they are different emotions. Just wanted to point that out. But scarcity, urgency. And again, I know the law of scarcity when, oh yeah, last one left in your size. Sale ends today. <laughs> we don't buy it. It's abused. It's overused. But you still need to use a legitimate, believable takeaway. Scarcity, urgency. And that's what regret does. So I'm giving that the ninja just because that's a great word choice. And regret, regret, what? That grabs people's attention. Again, that's what grabbed my attention. It was that number one regret of college students that, that graduate. This is it. <laughs> We're going to call that the ninja. little clickbaity, but okay, I'll take it. Pretty good. Which brings us to our geeky scholarly article. Going to go to the Harvard Business Review. Harvard's got a great... I've trained there before, some great negotiation training. It's called PON, P-O-N, pon.harvard.edu. If you want to check it out, I'll put the link there, Maximize Your Influence, for this article. This is going to kick us off in those dirty deeds, those tricks, the deception, the mind games. What's going on here? Again, not to use, but to be aware of what's going on. It's very old school, but again, when people only have two to three tools instead of the hundred tools that we've talked about on this show, they just gravitate to some of these dirtier ones. So let's start with the article. Again, Harvard Business Review at PON. PON stands for Program on Negotiation, if you want to know. This was on 10 moves to reduce deceptive tactics in negotiation. So before we get into some of those deceptive tactics, let's talk about ways for them not even to arrive or show up. So we're gonna talk about some of the deceptive things, some of these dark tricks. But here's some things you can do so they don't even come up. Because they can derail a negotiation. It can cause deadlock. So let's go through a few of these. First one, assure your counterparts that they'll meet their goals. When you start off nice and you're optimistic, we're going to do this. We're going to carry through. This is going to be a win-win. This is going to be fun. We're going to make a lot of money together. Whatever it is, that can get people to back up. It's just when they start feeling that win-lose type situation that these deceptive techniques, tactics, deeds start coming out. Second one is convince your counterparts that they are making progress. Let me add something to that too. In a negotiation, especially if it's the second, third, fourth time, review, before you even start, review what you've already agreed upon, right? That we're making progress, we're getting there. Because most of the negotiation, I believe it's 80% of the negotiations get solved in the last 20% in that time. But we're making progress, we're doing it, we're getting some yeses, we're getting there. That gets people to a better frame of mind. Otherwise, they knee-jerk to the, oh, yeah, well, we're not getting anywhere. We need to use those dirty tactics. Number three, point out how your goals and your counterpart's goals are linked. You're together. This is a win-win. You're working on this. You're coming up with a solution together. You're listening. You're being collaborative with each other. That's a big part of it. When people feel heard, 
that you're listening, that you have the eye contact, that your goals are together, that you need to come to a solution together, that reduces those deceptive tactics. Number four, suggest your counterpart has limited alternatives to the current deal. Basically meaning if they have 10 different options, they're like, who are you type thing. But if they feel your commitment to the deal, and there's not that many other alternatives that are as good as you, or maybe none that are as good as what you're doing, they feel a little more ethically involved to behave, <laughs> to not pull out the bad tools from their toolbox. And on the flip side, that's the next one, is that you have other alternatives. So if you can limit their alternatives, like you're the best, but you've got people out there that are better than them, again, you're going to package that in a better way, because that's a tough one. You've got to limit their alternatives and expand your outside alternatives in a way that doesn't bruise the ego or esteem or causes these dirty tactics. Number six says, point out shared social identities, like age, job history. Let me just simplify that one. Basically, when you're more likable, <laughs> when you start out nice, they tend to start out nice. If you start out mean, they're going to start out mean. But when you can bond, and this is law of connectivity and maximum influence, similarities. Find something in common. Is your age, job history, marital status, kids, soccer, smoking, politics, sports, whatever it is. So similarity, what that does, similarity theory just states that the more similarities you can find. Again, sometimes you have to stretch. We're both human. We're both breathing air. When you can find some real good legitimate similarities, that sparks a relationship. That can reduce unethical behavior. This one, got to be careful with. Get them to identify with ethical organizations, like their trade group, meaning a lot of trade groups, organizations, industries have rules that they have to follow, that they're not allowed to break. You know, they're accountable to a certain standard. They might be promoting integrity and honesty. A little reminder that you're both part of this group or they're part of that group could be very helpful. Note your connection to your counterpart's social network. So if it's internal negotiation, that's easy because you're all both part of the same organization, the same company, but usually the same industries, there's probably some type of organization, people you know, friends, colleagues that you have together that ooh, word could get out that you're up, we'll fill in the blank there, <laughs> and nobody likes you and you did this. Maybe a subtle, subtle, be careful with that one and how you do that. Number nine, reminder counterpart of legal implications of an ethical behavior. I don't know if I even like that one. We're going to sue you. You're a bad person. You're going to jail. Uh, yeah, that might increase the deeds. I mean, maybe in a nice roundabout way, maybe. Talk about the last person you negotiate with and they're in jail. I don't think so, but maybe back pocket wouldn't lead with that one at all. I do like number 10, mention the prospect of future personal or social support, meaning this is just not one and done. We've got work to do. We're going to be working together, doing a lot of business together, making a lot of money together. We're going to be value to each other. We're going to share our social and business networks with each other. Could do that. Seen that many times in negotiation where they share, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. This just the beginning can reduce those deceptive tactics in negotiation. But let's just remind you, let's back up a little bit. Persuasion, negotiation, very different. So persuasion, you bring someone to your point of view. And I've talked about it many times. The number one rule is persuade first, negotiate second. You're going too fast to negotiation. Let's meet in the middle. You could have persuaded them if you would have done some research and spent a little time. 
trying to save time, go for it. But you could be losing out of part of that deal. Negotiation, give, take, give, take, we meet in the middle. Especially when you have two persuaders involved. And then let's talk about bargaining. That's not negotiation. That's just weak sauce, we'll call it. (laughs) This is what you do in Mexico when you're at the beach. You're getting off a cruise ship in the Caribbean. How much? $100. I'll give you $10. $90. And you meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, There's not a lot of skill to that. That's just bargaining. Sometimes that's okay, and that's just how it is. Now, our goal, of course, is to be a win-win situation. Let me define that. Win-win does not mean equal splits. 10% of the pie could be a wonderful thing for you. We try to make it a win-win. If they feel like they've lost, then that could hurt future negotiations for you. But it's very critical that both sides are reasonable. They're willing to negotiate. They're open to negotiate. You're like, what? Yeah. Well, I mean, you get problems around the world, Middle East, wherever it is. Those are pretty easy to solve logically, but the emotion, the history, getting involved looking for all the negative and bad things the other side has done. Divorce, pretty easy to solve logically, but emotion, that could be a challenge. In fact, I was doing a three-day negotiation training with high-end real estate investors, big-time commercial real estate. They were doing a lot of foreclosures. Everyone had their little different interests. One person just did foreclosures, and they found this home where a divorce situation, the husband and wife just walked away, just left it. and had like $75,000 in equity, $75,000. They're just letting it go to the bank. They didn't care. So this investor contacted both parties and said, look, $75,000, i will do all the work. I'll take care of everything. Split it equally. We'll each take $25,000. And one of the partners said, oh, okay, that's great. Sure, another twenty-five. dollars He doesn't want another $25,000. But the other partner said, no, no way. I'm not signing it. Not going to happen. That means they get twenty-five. <laughs> That is not a logical thing. Walk away from 25K that's going to be handed to you. That is an emotional thing. So the parties need to be willing to do that. So the both parties need to be willing to negotiate. So let's get into those dirty tricks, the dirty deeds, the psychological mind games, whatever you want to call it. Just remember, only one person angry at a time and it shouldn't be you. Just remember when they feel attacked, they're going to attack back. So we have to be very careful on how this works. So let's just go through some of these and have fun with them and talk about them not to use. Now, some of these are not as dirty as the others, like this first one, the flinch. We see this around the world where you come up with your first number, they fall off their seat, they're shocked, that's highway robbery, how could you do that? What are you thinking? Maybe it's fun to flinch sometimes, I don't think one that's that dirty, but do be aware of it because if you're not ready for the flinch, you might start negotiating with yourself and self-negotiating is not a good trait to have in negotiation. I see it too many times. I've monitored hundreds of negotiations and people, when they're silent or flinched, they'll start throwing numbers out, revealing too much information too fast. So if somebody does flinch, either ignore it. It's part of the game. You know, keep your emotions in check or you might say, what did you expect to invest? Where did you do your research? You know, ask questions. It's not getting to you. That's the biggest thing with these dirty deeds, these tricks is it's not getting to you. It's almost like they're teasing you. When they sense blood the water, man, they're going to come out stronger and harder with more of these tactics and techniques. So stay in control. Keep your emotions in check. It's not getting to you. The next one I call the press. Just right there in your face. Well, you have to do better than that. If you don't raise it to $10,000 right now, there's no deal. You have to do it right now. I've got five minutes. Let's go. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So why do they do that? They're trying to set limits, gain control, see where you're at, the right 
in your face, starting out very aggressive. Might be trying to come across as threatening or trying to scare you. Getting information to get the best deal. What would I do? In control. They were mean, but you're not going to be mean back. And just say, how much more do you need? Where did you get that number? What is your basis for saying that? Why do you want to decide so fast? We haven't even talked about what we're doing. This is negotiation. You go, then I go. Do we we have time constraints here we need to know about? In control, asking the questions. Remember, the person that asks the questions controls the negotiation, controls the conversation. Then the dirty one. I don't want you to do this one. The shocking behavior. They're going to be yelling, throwing a temper. There's tantrums, yes. I've seen very wealthy, educated people say, well, I make more money than you. Well, you're a stupid person. <laughs> well, you're a people hater. Those type of things. They'll pout, they'll throw insults, they'll make fun of you, your mom, whatever it is. Why? It's a distraction. Maybe they've run out of tools. You know, they might storm out, huff and puff, trying to get you at a disadvantage. What do you do? When someone's crazy, shocking behavior, ignore it. Little silence. Say, we, we good to go? Or take a break. Well, I see. But however, <laughs> or the word but can negate what did just happen. It's not getting to you. They're trying to get a reaction. Don't let them. And then you got to prepare for the nibble. So what the nibble is, it's kind of a, hey, let's do it. Right there. And you're like, oh, dude, we've done it. This is great. This is out of, oh, wait, but I need you to include an extended warranty or do this or do that. Right there at the end, waiting for you to go, yeah, we've got this. Hey, what about adding? It's a deal, provided you do this, this, and this. It's a last-minute concession. It catches you off guard. They try to make you feel stupid or cheap. What do you do when they're nibbling, asking these concessions? Especially at the very end, you think you're done. You get the phone call or at the very end, hey, we need to do this. Maybe you just let them know you don't have the authority. <laughs> We'd have to go back to the beginning to do that. Or say, are you joking? You got an incredible deal. There's no reason to ask for more. They're going to try to make you feel stupid and cheap. You can do it a little bit back. My favorite thing to do here, nibble back. Sure, I can give you that, but you need to give me this. Sure, I can do it for 32 cents a unit, but we'll have to do 6% interest instead of 4%. Whatever it is, those type of things. Another one to be careful of is the mix-up. Oh, it's so dirty. You get an accidental email or text where you shouldn't have been copied in. They're talking about internally what's going on. They're facing fierce competition. There's internal resistance. We're not sure if we want to do this deal. It's a very last-ditch effort, very deceitful. They're trying to plant the seed. <laughs> okay. Wow, what an incredible thing that happened. I just got this accidental email. It's not an accident. When you get something like that, ignore it. Do the opposite. I would even mention it. Just move on. It's so dirty. It's like, oh, that's a big piece. Next one, you've seen it in the movies. You've seen it on TV shows. The good cop, bad cop. <laughs> yeah, they still teach it. Well, you're up. Fill in the blank. And the person there is mean, vindictive, angry, yelling. I know where you live. I'm going to. Mm, you're lying to me. I'm going to. Trying to be intimidation. Very old school. Then the good cop comes in. And they're all nice. Trying to help you out. Sorry for that. They apologize. With any of these dirty deeds, you have to decide, do I want to negotiate with this person? Should I walk? Do I really want a long-term relationship with them? Maybe you have to. I know that's an issue. So you're just getting started. You're like, really? You're doing this now? I don't want to do business with you and walk away. Fire them. That's the trend we talked about oh, a couple months ago on the podcast is firing some of your clients. You're like, no, you're not worth dealing with. You're a pain in my rear end. I'm not doing this. 
And that might be the situation here. So be silent. They say like, okay, well, geez, what's the solution? It's not getting to you. And my favorite thing you can do with this one or probably any of them is just identify it. Are you guys using good cop, bad cop? <laughs> Are you using good cop, bad cop here? They're like, well, no. And it just kind of really reduces their ability to use this technique. Well, we haven't even made a dent in this. Let's do this. Time is up for the podcast. Let's do a number two. Get into some of that deception. Some more of the dirty tricks next time. So we'll do another episode on this because I know it's one of the things you want to talk about. Just look at some of the listener email. This is definitely a topic on your minds. Send me an email at Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You use your email on the show. You get a free membership to InfluenceUniversity.com. Check it out at InfluenceUniversity.com. There's a free membership. There's silver, gold, and platinum, depending on where you're at and how many more tools you need in the persuasion world. So thanks for being here. Master these skills, but be aware they're out there. People use them. They manipulate. That's the only tools they have. They use these dark tricks. They do work sometimes. They do. That's why they keep using them. Hey, let me throw out the special. How much you want off? 80, 90% off. Check out the link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. I am giving it away, and this is a lot of fun. You can't even find this on my websites. I don't even link to this. This is a beta test of 111 sales hacks, but basically it's a two to three minute video. Here's the technique. Here's the science. This is why it works. This is how you apply it. A new tool a day. You're learning. You're growing. You're getting more tools. Check it out. The link is there. Or go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com under this podcast to find the link. And it'll make a huge difference in what you're able to do. Get more tools. Quit trying to chop down the tree with a hammer. Get a chain saw. Or a stick of dynamite, depending on what your goals are. But again, thanks for being here today. Do appreciate your love, energy, and support, feedback, emails, humor, direction, guides. Let me know what you want to hear on the show. Again, check us out at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Master these skills, become more influential, and go out and persuade with power.